today celebrating eight years of worship at Fountain Square Presbyterian Church, which is uh, just, I think every time we come to an anniversary, it's a little bit uh, crazier and crazier to me. Um, We have uh, been here then as a result, eight and a half years as a family. Uh, Stephanie and I have been married for just over 21 years. And before living here, we hadn't lived anywhere longer than three years. So um, there, there was, particularly when we hit three years, we would regularly get the question, are you guys kind of getting an itch to, to leave? And, um, and it has continually been, no, not at all. And uh, I, I hope that um, they weren't asking because they were itching for us to leave. But uh, we have not had that at all. And, and the question comes up as we think about the fact that we have, we have history here. We think about some of the experiences that we've had and that our kids have had, that we have shared history with uh, people in this room and in uh, this community, uh, and it's been a beautiful story. And we regularly, as a result, think about what are some of the ways in which it's been beautiful, or, or the ways in which you have appreciated being here, or the reasons that you want to stay. And they, there's a, a myriad of uh, different stories and examples that I could give, but I, I, I do think about from the moment that we visited, uh, just being drawn into relationship, real relationship where people seem to be uh, genuine. And, and that is borne out. That, that didn't just seem to be the case, it was the case. To be really genuine about relationship and caring. And that one of the ways that that plays out is we're in the midst of this series about how we relate to one another, looking at all these passages about how we treat one another. Uh, certainly one of the things that we see is this idea of bearing burden. Bear one another's burdens. And we've seen that play out the whole time we've been here. Not always perfectly. uh, Not always uh, uh, in in the way sometimes we think, oh, I wish it would happen. But in really overall just beautiful ways. And and I think about it, we're gathering on the 8th anniversary. And and, and we're also praying and talking about uh, a death in our community. Uh, And that's heavy. And we recognize that in this moment, there are burdens that need to be borne in their ways that uh, different people are, are, are stepping in. And this is not the first loss or moment that these kinds of burdens have need, needed to be uh, carried by one another. We've had a lot of that over eight years. We'll have a lot more of that to come. And I, I want to take some time to look here at Galatians 5 and 6 and kind of unpack this idea of bearing one another's burdens. Um, we're going to see uh, four things. Of, of burden bearing, the who, the what, the how, and the why. Who, what, how, and why. Um, so let, let me pray for us and we'll take a look. Lord, we do pray that you would uh, meet us here in the power of your beautiful gospel. Lord, in light of the fact that you have borne our greatest burden, our sin and rebellion against you, that you have borne that yourself on the cross and so that then you can invite us in to bear one another's burdens. So meet us here and help us do just that, to think deeply about that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, who are we talking about here? Who, who, who is Paul directing to, to bear one another's burdens? I mean, there might be some questions. We have this phrase, you who are spiritual. We have brothers, uh, and we could spend a good bit of time talking about all those things. But brothers here, uh, as has been the case throughout Galatians, uh, has, has actually... Paul is using this expanded language to say that it's for everybody. This, this in many versions, is translated brothers and sisters. And if you go back to Galatians 4, uh, you, you see this idea of us all being 
uh, all men and women being invited into uh, all the promises and benefits of being a part of the people of, of God. Uh, that we inherit everything, whether we're male or female, uh, in this culture, we're given, given the rights of sons. Uh, and so this applies to everyone. This is all followers of Jesus, all who are part of the church, of the body of Christ. This is this call to brothers and sisters. Um, we're, we're called to bear one another's burdens. That's who he's, he's talking to. He's talking to the whole church. And, and so then the question is, okay, then in the church, who is bearing whose uh, burdens, but, and, and there's the reality that there's two sides of this. There's the person that has a, a, a burden that they need help with, they need help carrying. And then there's the person that steps in, and both of those are incredibly important. So we ask the question, are, are we willing to receive help? You, you know, we live in this hyper-individualistic culture that uh, talks about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, and, and that those themes have have absolutely just infiltrated the church as well. And we think about our faith in this way. So we're, gonna, we're just going to be strong and we're going to be brave and, and we're not going to accept the help of other people because we're going to be able to do it on our own. And when we see somebody who is, has just really made it on their own, they are celebrated, right? That, that is somebody that, that we rejoice over and we tell their story about how, how well they've done for themselves. And, and oftentimes, you know, they didn't even need any help. They... The, uh, they, they got it together. And in the midst of uh, adversity, uh, they conquered, right? That's a common story in our culture, and unfortunately, even in the church. It's not the gospel story. Uh, the gospel story is that we all will find ourselves needing help. Uh, and, and not just the Lord's help, because sometimes we spiritualize it, right? So we look at, you know, Matthew 11 28, when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are uh, weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Or 1 Peter 5, where uh, we're told to cast all your cares on, on Jesus, and he's going to care for them. So, it's, oh, you know, if I'm in the church, if I'm faithful enough, if I have strong enough faith, if I'm a spiritual enough person, uh, if I follow God like I should, then I will, uh, I will conquer. I will, um, I will push through and do the things I need to do. We spiritualize this idea, right? But that's not even uh, what is going on in those passages because we miss so often uh, us reading our individualism into the Bible. Because we, we know that we hear this term, the body of Christ, it just becomes this, this term that kind of fits on the side. We don't actually think about the implications. That the body of Christ is the embodiment of Jesus Christ himself. So that one of the ways that we cast, when we cast our cares upon him, when he gives us rest, he does it through the body. He does it through one another. First Corinthians 6, we're, we're told that Paul received comfort from God when the church sent Titus to him. That, he, that God comforted him through another Christian, through Titus. And that that also comforted the rest of the church as well. And, and I, I've given this illustration before. I, I think uh, it's really helpful, and so I'm going to use it again. But let's just imagine uh, that somebody came to me and said, you know what, I, I would love some advice on what it's like to train as a pilot. I want to be a commercial pilot. I want to train to be a pilot and then, uh, and then, and then you know, train others. And, and I want to think about you know, how the gospel plays in that. And I would think, you know, that's a great question. And I might have this much knowledge on that. You know what you should do is you should go to the body of Jason Pogue and you should ask him. 
And you would think, oh, that's a weird way to say that. But you would know exactly what I meant. You should go to Jason Pogue and ask him, who is a pilot, by the way. Um, you would ask him if I said, go to the body of Jason Pogue. And, and yes, it's weird language. And the body of Christ doesn't seem like weird language because we've used it so long. But as a result, we don't think about what it means. It means that the people of God, the church, are the embodiment of him himself. It's one of the ways in which he lives and works in this world is through uh, the church of Jesus Christ, through those who follow him. And so one of the ways that he cares for us, one of the ways that uh, he bears our burdens is through one another. We need one another. And so then not only do we need to receive help, we we should also be on the other side. We're, We're willing to give help. Now, one of the ways that we see this playing out is somebody who's caught in sin, verse 1. These are connected. Uh, Those of you, if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness and keep watch over yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Now, then it goes on to say it's this connected to, this is one of the ways in which we share uh, and bear one another's burdens that we do so in the sin of those uh, around us. You who are spiritual here, we think, oh, that means like you, you, this is a spiritual elite. And so maybe in the church, that's the pastor or the elders or community group leaders or whatever it might be. It, what we're talking about here, in light of the end of chapter 5, which talks about the fruits of the Spirit, is you who are spiritual are Christians. You who are spiritual are, are seeking to implement the fruits of the Spirit in your life. And, and not doing so perfectly, not elite, but, but seeking to be uh, impacted by... Uh, the Spirit in such a way that we would be putting on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That, and, and there's a recognition that we're not going to do this perfectly. And that's why there are these moments where there uh, is going to be transgression. We're going we're to mess up. But you who are spiritual is talking about everybody. It's talking about those who are followers of Jesus, those who are in the church. You have the Spirit. So then we should all be looking for opportunities to care for other people, to seek to, to meet and bear the burdens, to carry burdens alongside uh, those around us. And so you look around this room, you look around this community, and, and you think, what, what are ways that I can help care for other people and help them carry their burdens? And certainly it is true. I, I mentioned the look around this room. I think there is something about being in the church is something that we share in our connection to Jesus, that there is a call to particularly be in, in a unique relationship with one another. And, uh, and we actually find here just a few verses later in verse 10, Paul says that we're to seek to do good to, everybody, to everyone, but especially those who are in the household of faith. So, this idea of whose burdens we carry and share, he, he's saying it's, it's everybody. It applies everywhere. But because of the unique connection that we have and relationship we have, we, we do think about it in a particular way within the body of Christ. And so we all should be both looking for opportunities to serve others while we're also willing to be served and to humble ourselves in those moments. So that's the, the who. So... Everybody could have just maybe uh, said that. Who? <laughs> you guys. And uh, th- that's the who. But then, then that's what? What does it look like, right? Uh, there's the, the kind of the clear, 
literal meaning of bearing one another's burden. Somebody's actually carrying a load. And to, to bear that burden with them, you need to come alongside them. You get really close to them to, to help carry the load. So we can think of you know, you know, the very literal way in which you help somebody. I, I thought about one of the things that came to mind was uh, last spring, my daughter, who was still at college, uh, bought a couch on Facebook Marketplace. She was at college. So Steph and I got to go pick it up. Uh, and we bore her burden by carrying the couch up this skinny, steep stairs. And I tweaked my back getting it into the Suburban. And so by the time I got home, I knew that it was not a good idea for me to try to get it up the stairs to our door, much less up the other stairs to her room. And so I called Adrian Pumphrey, who lives across the street. And, uh, and Adrian bore that burden with my son and carried the, uh, the couch up, right? Uh, so that, that's just probably one good application from this sermon is if we have any furniture that needs to be moved, Adrian should do it. Um, but, uh, the, there is something to actually caring in those moments. Like we have needs, we have, uh, literal needs, uh, for it, for food sometimes, uh, for financial help. And there's ways in which the church steps into those things. We have uh, need for stepping into our jobs well, into parenting well. We need one another in parenting. Uh, there are moments of loss where we need to come alongside uh, one another. And in those times, it's, it's just being with folks. It's providing meals. Uh, it is ways that we regularly think about caring for the needs of others. And we all have tons of needs, right? Like it's just, this is, this is, finding ourselves in the position of, yeah, we're the people who need our burdens borne. And, uh, and so that we would be able to step into those situations with one another. And as we think about it in that way, we often think about those folks that we really get along with and that are maybe even sometimes easy uh, to be with, even in their uh, moment of need, to come alongside them is something that is enjoyable. What we find here is something that can be a little bit deeper and as a result more challenging. This connection of verse 1 and verse 2, this connection of bearing one another's burdens and then actually stepping into somebody's transgression. That's their, their sin. They're missing the mark to what God has called them to, not living as they were created to live, rebelling against him, however we want to talk about sin. The reality is, is it, it's destructive to the sinner, but also to the people around them. So what we're, what we're being invited into, bearing the burden of somebody in the midst of their sin, is to ourselves potentially uh, be hurt in the midst of that. To step into places that are difficult, that, uh, that you, you might experience uh, problems yourself, uh, that it might not be easy, that we would join in with messy people. Now, recognizing that we are uh, messy ourselves, we've talked about that some, talk about it some more in a second, but, uh, but it's willing to step into the messiness. And recognize that some of that is going to uh, affect us. So the question then becomes, you know, whose burdens are we willing to bear? Is it, is it the people that are just easy? And, and maybe this is true in the churches. We've seen, thankfully, in our congregation here at Fountain Square Press, we haven't seen a lot of division uh, over uh, the, all the myriad of issues going on, right? Uh, but those divisions exist in the church. And exist outside the church. And so the question is, what, what are the lines that we don't really want to step across to bear the burdens of others? 
Uh, and again, that might be in the church, that might be uh, outside the church, but you know, where are we drawing our line? Do we, do we want to bear the burden of, uh, of the Democrat or the Republican or the extreme of either one of those that we think about in, in our mind? So uh, that's too far. Um, you know, do we want to bear the burden of the person that says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get vaccinated? Or do we want to bear the burden of the person who says, you must get vaccinated? Like, you know, we have all these different, we just could go on and on about the places. I'm not sure I want to go there. That's, that's not what I'm, I'm called to. And this is part of the, this, this moment that we live in where we just, are, we just belong to ourselves, right? And so we just make decisions as it seems to fit us. But part of being a part of the body of Christ is being in these, particularly here, where there is a focus here. We're in relationship with one another. We, we, we take membership seriously and membership vows, committing to one another, because we say these things matter even where there are differences, that we're willing to step into those difficult places and bear the burdens of one another even when we disagree over things, even over things that are important. So any of, you know, any of those things or any things that come to your mind, we're not saying that, that how we think about those or even the decisions that we come to aren't important. The fact is that because they're important, we're experiencing more of that division and conflict. And it's still there that we're supposed to step in and bear one another's burdens. There's a conversation that I've recently become aware of in some Christian circles that are close to us or connected to us or folks that uh, we're aware of about empathy and what empathy looks like. And I wasn't really aware of all of this conversation, but uh, there are those that have, um, have criticized what they call untethered empathy. Uh, and and the, um, the contention is that uh, when somebody is, the illustration used is somebody is struggling with something uh, and they're in a pool of quicksand and that we're jumping in the pool with them and that we ourselves are uh, drowning in the quicksand as a result. And that what we need is somebody with uh, what maybe would term compassion, but settled in truth, so that we're standing on the shore, grabbing hold of uh, uh, a branch and reaching in and pulling somebody out. Now, there, there's something to thinking about rooting ourselves in truth, and there are things that we can know. But there's been pushback on that that I think is really helpful, that would say that oftentimes the problem with that is that we think that we're standing on solid ground and we're holding on to something solid, but we have our other foot in a different pool of quicksand. And what we recognize with the gospel is that, uh, that we're in a continual position of recognizing we need to humble ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean we don't think about what is true and tether ourselves to what is true but that we should be able to jump in with other people in the midst of the struggles that they're experiencing. And that we don't step into a situation thinking that we have all the right answers. Uh, that that becomes uh, pretty, pretty dangerous, in fact, oftentimes. Um, so this reality of jumping in deep, of doing it in ways that can be difficult, this is the call that we have. What, what are, where are the places that this can happen? And so... Uh, the first one is a, a little bit of a, hey, this is coming. I'm so, we're, we're sorry that uh, getting community groups back up and running has taken as long as it has. The, the hope is that this week you will get an email and we'll be able to meet together the following week with, uh, with these groups. 
And this, the community groups, I, like I'm, I'm apologizing, I'm saying I wish that this had happened sooner because this is a place where we really hope to, and, and with these particular groups, be known over the next two to three years in relationship, having opportunity to, to dive in with one another, even with our transgressions, and that we would walk alongside one another, that we would bear one another's burdens, that we would really know each other, experience life together. What we do on Sunday mornings is incredibly important, and it is bonding and connecting and having the picnic today uh, is important, but these community groups are places where we can really, we pray, uh, know one another and be known. And that we do that in ways that we, we dive deep with, with one another. And so if, if you uh, uh, don't think that you might be on the list uh, to join a community group and you're interested, please let me know. And we will, we will happily put you uh, in a group, give you uh, opportunity to be connected to uh, others. That's one of the ways that we can experience real uh, and deep relationship. Uh, another... And maybe particularly, I think all of this is actually particularly true now. We're, we're in this moment. Let's recognize that we're in this moment where uh, mental health issues and struggles are at an all-time high. And that is true uh, nationally. And there are all kinds of studies and statistics that show that. But I 100% guarantee that is true in this room. That is true for every one of us. That there is a, we are in a moment that, uh, that it, is, uh, it is a struggle for so many folks. Um, I, I think that you know, one of the things that you do is you, is you connect with people. One of the questions that you could ask, uh, you know, as a, uh, and it maybe in addition to, oh, what are you hob- your hobbies and where are you from, is, is uh, you know, in what way are you experiencing the mess right now? <laughs> or in what way are you yourself messed up? And, and, and there are answers to both of those questions that would be true for every one of us. We are in this moment that we need one another deeply to bear one another's burdens. And so all the more important that we're connected, whether it be community group, just individual relationship, having conversations with one another, looking out and thinking, hey, who do I know that, that I could encourage right now? Or who do I know that I could invite into my life in the midst of my struggles? And, and maybe, it's just, maybe it's around one of the burdens of mourning or loss or pain or struggle or confusion uh, and maybe it's around transgression. I need, I need help to, uh, I, need to, I need to acknowledge that in the midst of this, I'm spending too much time watching TV. That's where I'm trying to drown it all out. Or I'm spending too much time drinking. Or I'm looking at things online that I shouldn't be looking at. Uh, you know, whatever it might be for us, that we would have people that we're talking to about those things. That's part of what it is to bear the burdens of one another. We all desperately need that. Um, counseling. We, we have New Hope Counseling is in our worship guide almost every week. Uh, and so uh, maybe that would be really helpful. And we have scholarship available for that. Um, storied Lives is that, that mix of some of these things. So that, that was talked about today. You'll hear more about that. There are many ways in which we need to dive deep with one another, to bear one another's burdens. So that's the what. Uh, the third question is, is the how. How, how, do we do, how do we act? What do those relationships look like as we bear the burdens of one another? Um, verse 26 of chapter 5. So again, the context here is talking about the fruits of the Spirit, um, not walking in the works of the flesh, but walking in the fruits of the Spirit. And Paul gives this warning. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. 
I, I think we, we might not readily see it, but there's a connection here to verses three and four, I'm sorry, verses four and five of chapter six, this bearing your own load. Because what Paul's getting at here is the, is the bearing your own load is, is not actually in contradiction to verse two, bearing the burdens of one another. It, it's talking about how we are so tempted to compare ourselves to others. That's where the conceit comes from, right? That it, it, we, we so quickly move to the position of thinking if, if we're the one helping, that we've got things figured out. We, we, we too quickly want to put ourselves either in the position of um, I've got it figured out and I'm going to help you or um, I've got nothing to offer. So this idea of becoming conceited, the way that we think about ourselves, it, it is often tied in with verse three of we think we're something when we're nothing. There's deception there. And that comes from, again, from comparing to others. So when we become conceited, when we think about ourselves in comparison to others, we have two options. The first one is that we would provoke others. And we provoke others because we think that we're going to win, that we're superior, that we're in the better position, right? But then it goes on the second option, or we envy one another. Because the other option when we, uh, when we envy is that it's because we think we're not good enough. We see somebody else, we're comparing ourselves to them, and we don't measure up. And, and we have all kinds of standards. They might be biblical. They might be parts of the fruits of the Spirit or avoiding the works of the flesh. But they might just be things out uh, in culture that we're hearing from family or friends or social media, whatever. We have these standards, and we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. You, you probably have heard uh, about the, the study that Facebook did on the implications and the impact of uh, Instagram on teen girls. And it's not good. And it's constantly about comparing. It's constantly about how do I measure up to other people? And, uh, and it has devastating effects. And, and social media is only highlighting those things. It's only highlighting the way that we think about comparing ourselves to others. That we would lead to either feeling really good about ourselves and therefore prideful, or we're really bad about ourselves and therefore uh, uh, envying others and, and not giving ourselves uh, the value that we have as people created by God, created in his image. One of the ways as well that it plays out that we become superior, that we become conceited and think more highly of ourselves, this idea of restore one another, uh, those who are in transition, uh, transgression with gentleness. So we often miss that. If we're, uh, if we're thinking really highly of ourselves, we're often not gentle with somebody uh, in their brokenness. But this idea of keep watch over yourself lest you be tempted yourself. And I just recently was talking with somebody about the fact that we, we think we might be tempted to fall into that particular sin, right, that we're calling somebody out of. But we also might uh, be tempted to judge them and to think highly of ourselves. That that is a, a, a real struggle that we have. We step into somebody's issue and we begin to be tempted to think we've got our stuff together. I'm the one helping here. I'm the one that's got it figured out. And, and, and this happens in individual relationship, but it also just happens in, uh, we hope that we think about this as we seek to care for those uh, uh, in our neighborhood, in our communities. We think about engaging with mercy ministry. Uh, you may have read or heard of the book, When Helping Hurts. When we come in with this attitude that I've got the, the solution, I've got the fix. Maybe we have it because that, that kind of idea because um, of our education or our financial position 
or our spiritual knowledge or wh- whatever it might be. We've got the solution and we're the ones that are, that are going to help the other people. And that often uh, diminishes the value of folks that we think that we're trying to help. But that's the nature of our temptation, of our sin, to think more highly of ourselves than we are. And to therefore be deceived. We, we, we need to uh, step in with humility to care for others. The humility is necessary not only to be cared for and to have, be allowed for our burdens to be carried by others, but it's also absolutely 100% necessary for us to care well for other folks, that we might step into relationship in that kind of helpful way. So the last question then is why? Why, why do we do this? We, we could also say that the question is, uh, how do we find the, the power to do this? And this is the message of the gospel that you, I hope we hear every week. It's bear one another's burdens, verse 2, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. There is this, this call to, to live in a particular way. What is the law of Christ? We find it in multiple places. But Jesus says that we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To love God and to love others. That's the law of Christ. Lived out and demonstrated by Jesus himself when he came into this mess. That's what he humbled himself to bear our burden. To bear our burden by dying on the cross. This is the law of Christ lived out by Christ. His sacrificial death on the cross. And then we know then the resurrection that followed. So why do we do it? Why do we bear the burdens of one another? Uh, why, are we, why would we bind ourselves to our brothers and sisters in that way? We do this because Christ bore our burden. We bear the burdens of one another because Christ bore our burden, our greatest burden, our greatest need, uh, our greatest failing, our greatest transgression, our, all the fact that we're just full of sin and brokenness so that Christ died on the cross, offering himself, taking that burden And what we deserve because of our sin and rebellion and our transgressions, taking that upon himself. That is the work of Christ that we not only get to emulate, we get to live in the power of. That is there for us, for you and for me. And and this order is incredibly important. We, We bear the burdens of others because first Christ bore ours. It is never the reverse. It is never the, the opposite. The law of Christ exists. His sacrifice exists. And therefore, then we love others. If we begin to think, oh, if I bear somebody's burdens, if I step into this rightly, then Jesus will love me. Then he will forgive me. Then I'll be made right with him. We have missed the gospel completely. It is only about the fact that he has done this for us and therefore empowered us, encouraged us to walk forward in bearing one another's burdens. And I pray that as we think about these next eight years, as we will enter into not only the mess that we're experiencing now as the pandemic just kind of continues, as we will experience more loss, there will be death that will be experienced, there will be things to mourn and pain. We will have folks that will, we will sin against one another. We'll have to step into that with one another. I pray that we have beautiful stories of bearing one another's burdens because Christ first bore ours. Let me pray.